What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Grassroots Marketing. Each episode curates thought-provoking dialogue with an exclusive class of thought leaders who will offer high-end roundtable business strategies and solutions that seek to prune and harvest great ideas in each 30-minute episode. Thought leaders in the cannabis industry convene here to share some of their best practices and protocols. Let's chart the growth of this burgeoning industry, one of the world's premier cash crops, right now on Grassroots Marketing. And welcome to our MJ Business Conference coverage here on CannabisRio.com. So glad to have all of you with us. We are recording this after the show has commenced in Vegas, which, after all reports have said, lots of people in the crowd are getting a lot of reports right now of the size and scale that MJ Business was able to bring themselves right back to not just 2019 levels, but possibly even a little bit more than so. So a successful show all around and a whole lot of action being done, a whole lot of business being done. Joining me right now is the Chief Development Officer at Exclusive Brands based in Michigan, Narmin Jarus. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me on. Our pleasure. So I want to go ahead and talk about, first of all, Exclusive Brands is Michigan's first licensed adult use dispensary with multiple locations and you lead the social equity program of exclusive brands, and what you do is you're helping social equity applicants, as defined by the state of Michigan, gain their licenses. And personally, you help organizations fill out applications, build facility plans, pay application fees, and act as a liaison between the organization and the state. I want to go ahead and get, just get your thoughts about having this role and working within the government confines in this social equity program. Talk to me how the process has gone along briefly and the opportunities that if the opportunities for anyone that is might be disenfranchised or might not have feel like they have the opportunity to be able to go ahead and get a license and be able to start their own dispensary cultivation and what have you. Talk to me about that. Yeah. Um, so our social equity program um, was built because we at exclusive brands care very deeply about, you know, moving um, forward as a society in, in the cannabis space and making sure all those people who were disenfranchised, who were, you know, disproportionately impacted by prohibition, um, you know, have a chance to join the licensed industry. Because uh, I think we approach 
cannabis kind of oddly in that we're like, just do it the legal way, just do it the legal way. Um, like we say about many other things, but um, it's not so easy. And, and when you've already had all these kind of systemic things setting people back, um, when we still have people in prison for, you know, cannabis use um, and uh, possession and um, sales, when so many corporations are making millions off of it. Um, I think that, you know, it's a very clear signal that we're doing something wrong. And so um, we built our social equity program because we really wanted to give back to our community. Um, it, it was built with a lot of really great intentions. And then very quickly, we realized how great the scope that of like help that's needed is and how we couldn't do it all. And so we've since partnered with a lot of organizations um, that are doing, you know, work in the same space, like the Black and Brown Cannabis Guild, which is working on expungements and resources um, for people with cannabis convictions. And also, and, um, so we've been, um, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I was just going to make point of uh, the importance of what you've been able to do with this and how much of a response you've gotten from the work you've done that the city of Michigan X actually come to you to go ahead and be outreach to the community by way of the first remote re business resource workshop you did back in September as part of the social equity program in the state of Michigan and that you had you know the the, the level of response and interest increased over previous attendance 700 percent more people were more interested and I don't think it was just so much where it's just that the words getting out talk to me what you think about what is it about Michigan right now that since you started in this program, you know, are you kind of able to go and control the phone calls and the emails of interest that are coming in? Like how big of an opportunity is, is, I mean, people, how many applications are you trying to get, are you receiving on a regular basis? So we're receiving quite a few each month. And what's unfortunate is that, you know, depending on where people are in their process, um, we can only give so much help. Um, but we try to respond to every single email, every single phone call we get and help in any way we can. So even if someone's not a part of our like mentorship one-on-one -on -one po um, portion of the uh, uh, program, we still send them information on how to build out their business plan. We still answer, you know, kind of their frequently asked questions. We still do all that great stuff and try to make ourselves a resource, even if they can't join our social equity program in an official capacity. Because sometimes people are in the really like early stages of their um, of just like, you know, kind of uh, they're like vision boarding sort of thing where they're not 100% sure what they want to do. They want to be in the industry and they just have questions. And so we try to make ourselves available for those people as well. Um, and so just, you know, just in case there are people who aren't quite ready to submit their application, who aren't quite ready, who don't quite have the funds in place, um, we like to make ourselves a resource kind of from A to Z. And so we've gotten kind of an overwhelming response and we respond to every single person and um, we try to help in any way we can. Um, but I think Michigan is a really unique market because I think the Michigan cannabis industry is doing so wonderful. It's growing so quickly and, um, you know, there's a lot of money to be made here and we just hope it won't be made by all the big guys we, you know the little guys have a chance to the mom and pop shops the people that um you know have really wanted to be in the industry but may not have had the opportunity and so i think that's why michigan is so unique um just because we you know we rolled out um you know cannabis and legalized cannabis and uh we've done very well since i think as an industry i think that um you look at other states and um, you see a lot of the kind of missteps they took 
And Michigan really learned from a lot of those states. And so um, I think that Michigan has a really unique cannabis community and um, we're gonna continue to see a great response from people wanting to join the licensed industry. And I'll tell you, that's what I've also learned from the go-rounds of the MG Biz Conference this year is a lot of corporations now that are definitely circling around, a lot of investment being put around, and a lot of big MSOs, a lot of big organizations are going to be built. And feeling like anything else that's been, when there's not any kind of regulations or restrictions on the size and scale of what any cannabis company can build themselves into, and you know get themselves publicly traded, whatever it might be, there's going to be a lot of big companies that once legalization comes into play, it's going to be a dogfight for the smaller guys to be able to go ahead and stay there and compete or just to get their own piece of what's going on. This is very important. And this is where I feel like even with the legalization that comes in, if it is the CAOA or whatever else might come in, it's the opportunities that have to be there's got to be an equal opportunity to everything. And I don't know if it's going to be so much where the the opportunity zones might be put into play. If there might be, obviously there's certain things where in legalization, the incarceration issue and trying to expunge convictions and to release people wrongly convicted. That's one part of the, of the aspect, but this other part, this, I feel like, if legalization comes into play, this has to be something that has to continue to be hit over and over the head to policymakers. But I feel like there's not enough being done. I don't, I don't know. Do you feel like there's being enough done to make sure that, that this aspect you're doing in Michigan can be done on a federal level? Um, I never think enough is being done. I think it's by nature. I'm, I'm just always, you know, trying to, um, you know, find you know, and like critically just do some constructive criticism on everything I look at. So whether it be, you know, Michigan's cannabis program or social equity programs um, or on a federal scale, um, I never think enough is being done because we still have people, one, in prison for cannabis related offenses. Um, Well, like I said, people are making millions off of it. Um, And so the short answer is no, not enough is being done. But um, on a larger scale, I think there is so much to say about mom and pop shops and the importance they have, um, especially in like really tight knit cannabis communities like in Michigan. Um, And I know there are a lot of markets like us where, um, you know, cannabis culture is so unique. And I think a lot of these, you know, big corporations kind of looked at it like, oh, it's a business like any other business in any other industry. And if we just jump in here and we, you know, mark our prices way down so we can, you know, beat everybody on their prices and then get everybody out of business, we can hike up the prices again, um, which is just, you know, a very standard thing large corporations do in every single industry. Um, You know, they tried to do that in Michigan and it didn't work for them. Um, And so I'm hoping that you know, if nothing's done on a federal level, if nothing's done legislation-wise to protect the mom and pop shops, I really do think public, like the public will be with the mom and pop shops. The public will be with the brands that they trust and they know have integrity and that they feel good about buying their products from. And so um, that's kind of what I'm hoping. It's a very optimistic outlook, I think, because I, I still I still have hope in our people and in our community. Um, but uh, I, I don't have too many high hopes for how you know the federal government will 
protect mom and pop shops because that's not really always in their best interest. Um, and so I, I can be a little cynical about that, but I do think the people will be with um, our smaller organizations. Our mom and pop shops are brands that stand for something that give back to their communities that um, actually care about their communities and kind of put their money where their mouths are. Um, and so that's what I'm hoping for. And that's right. My thing is that with all these different organizations that have been built up now, that are looking to speak policy making with Congress and with the federal government to implement a legalization process to put a bill in place. Obviously, there are a lot of organizations we talk to here on Cannabis Radio that absolutely have embedded their own social equity divisions or their own liaisons to speak on behalf of the organizations to the federal government. And we've got to see how much progress can be made. Obviously, money's going to talk when it comes to that as well. But I also just want to make sure that the focus stays that it's not just, you know, the freedoms that we have to be able to consume the product, but it's also the ability to go ahead and monetize and to be able to go ahead and, you know, make a living manufacturing, selling, distributing on a legal level, this product, and also eliminating the illicit market. Mm. All this together has to be considered. And it's good for the the bigger companies because then, you know, their profits are going to grow. I would hope there's going to be some perfect fusion together where this industry can actually get taken off. Whenever that happens, we'll be taken to place. And one of the things I also want to talk about before we wrap things up here with you, Nermeen, is your own personal passion by what you're working on. Uh, so your personal background, and I wish I had more time to talk about it, is that you've been using medicinal cannabis for two years and you've been very open about it with uh, dealing with doctors within the Ascension medical system that you were to narrow some of the, the, the use of some drugs to control a painful endometriosis condition down to one. And there was a prescription that you were able to go and get to really complete it, really help with the treatment that you were denied because you had a blood test that detected marijuana use. And that's where you went to the use of this. And then really your own personal issue with chronic pain to do what you're doing now at exclusive. You talked to authority magazine about this. And when it comes to health and wellness, they asked you about how is the work that you're doing to make a bigger impact. And you said, quote, I'm really proud of the work I'm able to do through exclusive brands. been able to help people who've been greatly impacted by marijuana prohibition, join the license industry, promoting sexual social equity, excuse me, throughout Michigan and nationwide is my passion. I think it contributes to greatness to wellness as to weigh greatly on people's health and well-being when every system, every program is built to work against them. So you have a personal interest, and that's where I think that's where some of the best people that best minds that come into the cannabis industry is a personal attachment to it. And talking about your attachment to this, and you know how much it really fuels your spirit into helping everyone get a chance. Absolutely. So, I mean, just like you said, uh, cannabis, you know, really impacted my life. I got, I was able to wean off a lot of the medications I was on. Um, I started on medication for my chronic pain. I think when I was 14 or 15 years old, um, they started me out with Vicodin because of how severe my pain was. Yeah. Um, but at 15 years old, you should not be taking Vicodin. And so, um, well, it was the Vicodin that didn't work. And then, you know, they prescribed me something higher than they, you know, they prescribed me oxy. They give me all these pain meds and they tell me exactly how to take them. And it still wouldn't even 
handle the pain and they would just tell me to take more. And so, you know, be, you know, growing up like that, I was, I was a kid and growing up like that drugs being thrown at you in that regard and highly addictive drugs at that. Um, and then being able to, you know, smoke or take an edible or use a patch for your pain and it, you know, virtually going away or at least becoming, you know, overwhelmingly more manageable is so life-changing. And so I always tell people like, I feel like I owe my life to cannabis. Um, I've only been using it for a few years, but the impact it's had on my day-to-day is like immeasurable. Um, you know, the people in my life have kind of just witnessed it firsthand. So I'm always like, whenever people ask me, like, you should talk to like my best friend about it. Or you should talk to my mom about it, about the change that I went through when I started using cannabis. And for that reason, I, I really just like have this kind of drive inside of me to make this plant more accessible to people. And whether that means more accessible in terms of affordability with like pricing, more accessible in terms of, you know, geographic location, just more accessible in any way possible. Um, that's really my goal. And that's kind of why I ended up speaking out about the problems I had with Ascension, because um, here I am, someone who's kind of been jaded by the healthcare system. I spent my entire life in and out of hospitals and doctor's offices and with misdiagnoses and with doctors really not treating me very well or even going as far as to say I'm faking my illness, um, that it's psychosomatic, that I'm not really sick. Um, I, you know, I had people say that, oh, no, it's just anxiety. You're not really in pain. And meanwhile, my, and my body is you know, fighting for dear life just to get through every day. And so for all that to happen and for me to be an adult sitting in this doctor's office and for them to tell me, you can't have your medication, you tested positive for cannabis, even though cannabis does not affect your medication, there are no interactions, um, it does not impact, it, it can only help you in this case, um, we will not be filling your prescription and you cannot have um, this nerve medication that you need that is taken by people who are diabetic, that's taken by people who are epileptic, um, who are also people who tend to use cannabis for their ailments. And so it just like, I, I really felt the need to speak out in that moment because I do have a platform and I think it's really important that when someone has a platform, they speak out for what they think is right. And so that was a whole, I mean, it was not a fun thing to go through. It was not fun to be, to think I might not, you know, have care super accessible to me right now. It's scary as someone with a chronic illness, with a disability to not have your doctor available to you. And so um, it was just not a really, it was a lot to go through for such a silly reason. And so um, yeah. I hope that Ascension, you know, rethinks their policy. I think it's harmful. I think it's ableist. I think it's something that will just, again, it, you're not benefiting anyone with it. I don't really understand um, how you could do that, especially in a state that has cannabis legalized. And so um, I think it's important to speak out about situations like that because they happen often. And I'm sure they happen even more often to, um, you know, the black people in the black and brown community, um, to people with more visible disabilities than mine, um, to people who are even more disenfranchised. And so I think that's why it's so important yeah. that when it did happen to me, I said something and I said it as loud as possible and as often as possible, because as far as I understand, that's still their policy. And there's still um, patients that are being affected that way. And they might not have um, as good of insurance as I do. They not might, might not have um, as accessible care as I do. So I was able to just find a new doctor. That's not the case for everybody. And so I really hope that um, 
ascension and similar systems with, with kind of ableist policies in place really start to rethink those as we learn more and we grow more um, and we can help patients every day kind of get a little bit closer to a better quality of life. I'll tell you, I, I haven't told this story to the audience, but there was a time in college where I worked at a drugstore um, in the mid-90s. And so commonly, we regularly have patients every day I'm in there that are picking up Percocet, picking up, picking up uh, Dilaudid, picking up Hydrocodone, Lorset, all of it. I mean, they'll schedule two medications. And just knowing that the doctors that are prescribing every month for years, some of these people are coming into the store. And then some, if they're not given that and their addiction to it after the fact, it's just, it's, it, to me, it was just so grossly negligent. To know that there's that there's been a natural alternative for years and finally is now to the front of the light that we can get to a point where it, it's that fight that we have to have where once descheduling comes into play, then we can see a real change to where people that might have gone through that have gone through chronic pain like yourself, they'll have another healthier option that is, is finally available. And, you know, the drug companies be damned because they're not going to be able to go ahead and be able to put out this pain medication that might give some kind of solace, but really is not the, the not the great benefit and and is really hurting a lot of people and also being abused on top of that. Yep, definitely. So anyway, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you so much for being on with us. Uh, Narmin Jaru, Chief Development Officer at Exclusive Brands. I know one of the products that you have also that you're featuring right now is Nino's Naturals. And it's designed with the understanding that everyone's body is different, looking, everyone looking for something different out of their own cannabis consumption. And talk to me real quick about this product and what uh, really stands out about what's going on and how can they get their hands on it? Yeah, so Nino's Naturals is actually um, my newest brand. Um, it's a newest brand to come out of exclusive brands, but um, it's actually named after me. Nino's my childhood nickname. And oh. so um, we, we set out to kind of develop a brand. Um, in reality, it was some, I just needed these products and they weren't on like in the marketplace. Um, and so we worked with our R&D team and we started making them um, because I needed products with um, you know, that were combination products with CBD. So I could use them while I was working and not be impaired at all. Um, I always tell people, I know so many people can work while they're high. I'm not one of those people. And so I needed something to help me with my pain, um, with my anxiety, with my nausea, um, with, but still allow me to do all the licensing work I have to do and still allow me to attend all these meetings with um, these state agencies and things like that. So um, we developed this line of, of patches and capsules and vapes and creams um, that come in a lot of different options. They all come in a full CBD, a full THC, a one-to-one and a three-to-one ratio. And so, um, and our CBD line ships um, nationwide, which is really wonderful. And so if um, people wanna try them who aren't in Michigan, you can go to ninosnaturalcbd.com. If you are in Michigan, you can still use that link, but you can also stop by um, any of our exclusive brand stores um, and look on our website to see where else we're sold. So um, we're doing a lot and we're also donating a portion of all proceeds to the Black and Brown Cannabis Guild, um, which is a Michigan organization that's working on expungement and resources. Um, and so we're really proud of the work we're doing. And I really think it's a line that's gonna help a lot of people. And it has a, a wide range of options and um, price ranges so that it can reach as many people as possible. 
By the way, congratulations again the URL. Exclusivebrands.com. Exclusivebrands.com. So you can learn all more about what they're doing about what's been going on with Nuno's Naturals, the whole product line. And where you can also find locations in Michigan where you can go ahead and stop at one of their stores. Uh, thank you so much for being on with us here on Cannabis Radio. Really glad to hear your story and really glad to hear what you're working on. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.